I'm Robin. And I'm Melody. And today we're going to be talking about the products and industries that millennials and Gen Z are killing. And if you don't know, I am a Gen Z and Robin is a millennial and we're 10 years apart. So I'm just going to go right into it. And I'm going to say things to Robin, who is a millennial, like I said. And she's going to tell me if she agrees or disagrees or anything about it. And we're going to start with the things that millennials are killing. So the first one is about cereal. Sounds weird just to say cereal, but um, basically the breakfast food that's too inconvenient for millennials may actually just be too sugary. And there's an article on CB Insights that basically is saying that the sales have declined by 17% over the last decade and some cereal industry executives have put the blame on millennials. What do you say to that, Robin? I think that's true. I hardly ever buy cereal. There was a a time when I was buying cereal pretty often just because it is so easy. You don't have to make it. But I think that this might have a lot to do with the shift in like organic and wanting to eat more natural foods and things like that. But I wonder, too, if it's more that we're just eating on the go, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like maybe a breakfast sandwich or a breakfast bar or something that you can just kind of like eat and go. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, I think it also like we always say in the episodes that it changes within every generation. So, you know, there's always like a little bit of a difference that someone does, like especially you guys with wanting healthier stuff, which Gen Z definitely is like that too. But you guys definitely started that. Well, I think it's that as we evolve as a society and as people, things are going to change. So there will always be industries that are thriving and ones that aren't doing so great and it just kind of goes with the trends you know yeah but yeah I'm excited to hear the rest (laughs) okay so the second one is casual dining it says millennials eat out more than any other generation they just don't want to sit in the booth and it says that it was really popular in the 1980s and 90s as a booming economy gave suburban families more discretionary income. And then it says millennials came along and changed the rules. Well, in their thing that they're saying, they changed the rules and just wanted to go to the restaurant but didn't want to sit inside. Oh, yeah, I agree with that so much. I think outdoor dining is super popular. I hate sitting inside. Obviously, when it's cold, I want to sit inside, but like overall, I would 100% prefer to sit outside. And um, a lot of places have outdoor heaters, too. So like in the fall or if it's just a little bit cold, you can still sit outside. But I think that's really true. I can't tell you the last time I've sat in a booth. (laughs) (laughs) See, it also says on here that millennials, when they go to a restaurant, are more about the aesthetic of how it looks. Do you think that's true? 
A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm always looking for like a cool vibe. So I'm like, why would I go to Applebee's or IHOP? That's super lame as far as the aesthetic. If I could go to like a local restaurant that's really cool, really young, really trendy, they take care into the design, you know, there's like a theme. And also local places have way better food. So I would wait. I would definitely prefer that. That's just really funny that you mentioned Applebee's. Because the article that I was reading was talking about Applebee's and, like, Olive Garden and, like, the chains you always hear about. But I I think it's cool doing local restaurants, you know? And they're usually smaller, too. And I love being, like, going to a place and it's like, this is the only one. This is a unique, independently, like, figured place, you know? Right, right. All right, so the next one is department stores. It says, Millennials aren't turning their backs on brick and mortar, but traditional department stores are pricey and have a limited selection. Yeah, that's really true. I mean, I rarely go to the mall, so I wonder if malls will also be on this list. But um, if I do go to a mall and I step into a department store, it's usually just for a minute. Like, I'm looking for something specific, so I kind of go to a bunch of stores. So I'll go to that store and look for it, and it's always way more expensive, and there's never anyone there, and it's so, like, cookie-cutter. You know, everything in there, it's not, like, like we were saying about the vibe. So, like, you'll (laughs) go to, like, a smaller store that you're like, yeah, I can tell exactly what they're selling. Like, this isn't, for example, like, an athletic store. It's like, okay, yeah, all the yoga pants over here, all the whatever, and everything's like color themed and the music goes with it. And it just feels way more personal. Yeah. And there's also a little like tidbit that they put in this article as well that said department stores saw $230 billion in total sales in 1999. By 2016, that number had fallen to $155.5 billion. Wow. Yeah, and then it says, experts predict more than 1,000 department stores will die by 2023, and their overall share of the apparel category will plummet by 66%. They keep saying JCPenney's and Sears are are going to be gone, but they're still not gone. But maybe by 2023, we'll see that. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, like, see the uh, JCPenney and all that, but it did talk about Macy's, so. Mm, Same kind of store, though. Um, The next one is luxury goods. Millennials like luxury, but they rent more and buy less. Hmm. That is true, but I wonder, what does it mean by luxury goods? Like, furniture? Yeah, just, like, more of your, like, more expensive things. Yeah, but I mean, like, what kind of things? Not clothing. Are we talking about, like, cars or furniture or homes or what? Yeah, cars and homes, yeah. Cars and homes, okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, And I think that has, well, so I I was reading about this recently. Um, On Instagram, I started following some new accounts, and one of them was talking about um, the student loan crisis, And so they're saying that that obviously contributes to why millennials are not owning homes as early as the generations before us did. 
And so I think that plays a role into why we're not buying fancy, expensive cars or expensive homes or really homes in general, because the student loans are so high. We don't really have the, like the other article said, the discretionary income. Yeah. So. Um, so would you say like, like I would consider it still luxury, but it's just like a smaller item would you buy like a nice like bag or like maybe like fancier shoes could be luxury for some people? So I have never bought a fancy bag ever, really. That's just not something that matters that much to me. Mm-hmm. Um shoes, I love shoes, but I love a good bargain. So but I, I do spend a little more on shoes, especially, like, dressier shoes. I don't know what, what luxury would mean, like, what, what kind of price point we're looking at for luxury shoes, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. But th- that would be probably where I would spend more. But I'm always looking for a deal. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, so the next one talks about cable TV. It says, Millennials are cutting the cord. But Gen X, we're not talking about Gen X, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Gen X is more pro-streaming than any other generation. For many, the term cord cutters, consumers who forego cable subscriptions in favor of streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime, is synonymous with the millennial generation. I have never paid for cable. My first couple apartments, cable came with rent, so it was technically included. It was free, but once um, I moved to an apartment that didn't have that, I've never, ever paid for cable, only Netflix, so I 100% think that that's true, and to be honest, Netflix has better shows than cable. (laughs) I mean, I think cable is like, maybe if you're looking for like a specific maybe like a sport thing, but Netflix is definitely better with everything else (laughs) because it has shows and movies, so you kind of get the best of both worlds there. Right, yep. So the next one I have is gyms or just like any workout place, I guess. Um, Solo exercise is out and group classes are in for the lonely generation. (laughs) it was in quotes for lonely generation right right um yeah I I have never had a gym membership I know millennials that do have gym memberships but I do think that group classes are more common like we just have a lot more options with group classes like bar and yoga and pilates and aerial classes and um What's the one? Soul Cycle, mm-hmm. you know, all of those. So, yeah, I, I definitely see that. So, it says on here, I know you said, like, you don't always go to those classes, but they are offered. Um, it says millennials spend an average of $40 per month on fitness compared to $25 for Gen Xers. It's so weird, <laughs> Gen Xers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, those classes, like, 
Soul Cycle and Pilates class, depending on where you live, they can be expensive. So I, I can totally see why we would spend more on classes than Gen X would spend at the gym because gym memberships usually are relatively cheap, I think, depending right. on, I mean, you can find cheaper gyms is what I'm trying to say. But those specialty classes that are seen as like luxury wellness, you know, those kinds of things, mm-hmm. they can be expensive. So I can see why we would spend double, almost double. Yeah, it even added baby boomers in here and said that they're $15 per month, usually with their fitness. Mm-hmm. And it said instead of a traditional gym membership, millennial um, millennials like to have a trend toward the fitness classes. And mm-hmm. they're willing to pay as much as $35 a class for a personalized, high-intensity workout experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, like I said, luxury wellness. That's yeah. what I would call it. <laughs> yep. All right, this one's a little weird, but it makes sense when you actually hear why it's a topic. So it's American cheese, and it <laughs> says... Millennials aren't turning against cheese. They're avoiding fake processed food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I've never, I don't think I have ever bought American cheese. My husband may have bought it, but I myself have never, ever bought American cheese. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to skip some of these. There are okay. just so many better cheeses. Why would I buy American? Yeah, true. I <laughs> personally, myself, like never have American cheese anyway, at least like now. I might have had it when I was younger, but it's just kind of like the lowest of the cheeses, I feel like. A hundred percent. So another one I have is talking about pet food. So I don't know how well this is going to go with you, Robin, but you know, you can think about maybe when you were with us and we have pets. I don't know. Um, but it's just saying that um, millennials like healthier, high-quality pet food, and it's just more appealing to millennials. A lot of millennials really care about their pets. Well, first of all, millennials are having children later or not having them at all, so their pets are their kids. So I can definitely see why people would buy more fancy, high-end food for their pets. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I feel like, um, could relate to a lot of millennials. Um, maybe not this one word, but it is motorcycles. And it says the rising micromobility movement is making motorcycles smaller and better suited for millennials. So people, millennials are not buying motorcycles? They, no, they're saying like, they actually are buying these because they're smaller and better for the environment, at least what I inferred from it. Oh, Instead of, like, okay. cars and stuff. Okay. And, um, like, it also, I feel like, could be for, like, scooter kind of things or anything in that manner. Yeah, I think that we're looking at transportation in different ways because there are, like, electric bikes and electric scooters and, like... I guess, motorcycle type things. I forget what they're, I think they're called scooters, but they're like bigger and they have a seat. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like that, especially if you live in a city 
or something you live close to where you work and you can use those options. I can definitely see that. My husband has a electric scooter and he used that to commute to work for over a year, probably two years. He did that. And just recently he started taking the car again because it's a little too far, but, but yeah, we, yeah, we definitely, I mean, especially if you're going to be like somewhere where you work close by to your house or if you are in a city, I feel like it would be better to just have something smaller and almost quicker in a way. Um, yeah. Just to, like, get around easier. Yeah, um, But it says on the article, it said, The message from millennials is clear. Brands that prioritize convenience, personalization, and sustainability will thrive. Brands- yeah, that sounds like millennials in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> Brands that continue to cling to outmoded ideas of consumer behavior will continue to struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, kind of sums up a lot of the things at least millennials go towards um, in like you consumer. You don't go towards. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> the things they're avoiding. Yeah, well, I found a, another article that had a couple different things, too. Some of them were the same. But one of them that I thought was interesting is traditional weddings. And I think that's really true. You see so much more personalization in weddings now than you did in the past. And I think that's because we're just, I think, um, just marriage in general and relationships in general are looking less and less traditional. So, um, I thought that was interesting, and one of the reasons they say is that brides and grooms used to rely on their parents to pay for the wedding, mm-hmm. but since they're getting married later in life and they're more financially stable, they pay for the own their own wedding, which allows them more freedom in how they do the wedding, whereas before, if the parent's paying for it, you kind of feel like you need to do it the way the parent wants to do it. So I thought that was interesting, and it also said that they're doing more casual weddings like we're in a barn or you know outside versus in a church and I just thought that was interesting you do definitely see that with the wedding trends yeah I think that the reason why they're doing more casual stuff is because they don't want to spend a lot on a wedding that's only like one day at least that's what I would think Um, Because obviously I'm not a millennial, but um, I feel like it's more of just like they obviously want the experience, but they don't need this big, crazy, like, setup. I don't think that's true, actually. Really? The average wedding is like $35,000 or more. So I'm like, there's, it's not getting cheaper. It's just getting more casual as far as we're not doing as many of the rituals or as many of the like things that you used to see, like in the church, like that would be a traditional wedding in the church, right? Or we're doing Mm -hmm. it. Oh, let me be creative. Let me do it in this cute little venue that I found that looks aesthetically pleasing. Like we were talking about earlier, that kind of fits the vibe, but I don't think casual means cheap for millennials. Yeah, I think but. you're right because you guys do like to have it more, yeah, creative, I guess would be the word, or more like your style because, yeah, yes. I feel like when the parents are more in charge of, like, wedding planning, I guess you'd say, um, they are more traditional and probably would prefer it in, like, maybe a church or something. But, yeah, I think it's cool that, they are changing the way of weddings now. 
Well, I think it's that that was the only way it was done. Nobody thought any different of it. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to do that in the church. Yeah. We're doing the synagogue, in the mosque, wherever your religion is. Yeah. But now we're just seeing weddings so differently and marriages so differently. And we don't see it necessarily as needing to be traditional. And I think Pinterest has helped a lot with that because now we That's see what all I these different ideas. Say. And Instagram and social media in general, we see like, oh my gosh, that looks so cool. I would love to do that idea. And it's really, really different from what they did generations ago. Yeah, literally, when you first brought up, like, weddings in general, I thought of Pinterest. That is literally the first social media that came to my mind. Yes. Yes. So, another one that they mentioned is beer, which I was surprised by, but they said that beer consumption among drinkers between the ages of 21 to 24 has fallen by 3%. But they also mentioned that the reason is that we have more options. So hard ciders, hard seltzers, obviously White Claw just came about recently and um, rosé and different kinds of wines and frosé, just all kinds of different options. So beer is not the most popular choice anymore, which is accurate, I'd say. Um, another one is mayonnaise, which was kind of weird, just like American cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really know what it says. Yeah, why would it say mayonnaise? Is it saying like you want a healthier version or something? Um, let's see. Sales fell six point seven percent between twenty twelve and twenty seventeen. Um, condiments are more competitive than they've ever been. 10 years ago, it was much more simple. So I'm thinking that we have other options like, um, like sriracha, buffalo sauce, um, like, like spicy ketchup and thing, I guess different options. Yeah. I, yeah, that's true. Cause I guess like, um, companies or like brands can just like branch out more and mm-hmm. make new things. So, yeah. Did you have any other ones? Yeah, so I'll just go through them quickly. And if you have comments, we can just say it at the end because I know we've already been talking kind of a bit about this. But um, it said the starter homes market. So millennials are putting off buying houses until they're older because we're not as financially stable because of the student loans mainly. Um, So instead of buying starter homes, quote, quote, what what you would think of as, as a starter home, we're buying nicer houses to begin with for our first house so i thought that was interesting um razors i guess it says that gillette had a 20 percent drop in sales really um yeah but so and they said just men are not shaming as often so i think that plays into Mm -hmm. the beard trend that has been for a while i'd say at least 10 years beards have been more common so I guess men are not shaving as often as they have in the past the clean shaven look is not the most popular look anymore um let's see uh I'm going through because some of these like cereals on here too golf I don't really know about that one home cooking Mm. So millennials are going out more than ever which I you had mentioned that about the casual dining millennials are the generation that goes out more than the other ones Mm -hmm. um old school yogurt is being replaced by like greek yogurt and more like healthy options soda which i thought was interesting i don't drink a lot of soda but i know people who do so i thought that was an interesting one 
but then it's it talks about how sparkling water is really popular now like um mm-hmm. lacroix and bubbly Chico. and stuff yeah bubbly bar soap so um i guess you know body washes or like hand pump soap is more common and napkins oh. because um it's a it's wasteful and there's kind of obviously it's not very sustainable and there are other options you could use so so yeah oh and last one sorry fabric (laughs) softener which yes I've never in my life bought fabric softener (laughs) Mm. well I have a quick question for you um just like personally um would you say that the reason millennials like to like eat out somewhere is because they just like to like be out in general like even if it's like a quick little trip like they want to go out for just like an hour or so um you mean just to like have the social atmosphere yeah like even if it's like a really short span of time they still want to go out and then just come back to their house later that's why i go out so yeah i'd say so you just want to be get out of your house and be around different people even if you're not interacting with them Yeah, because I feel like um, generations before are more wanting to, like, if they are out, they want to be out for a while, and they won't really do the short trips if it's not worth it. Mm Mm-hmm. But I was just wondering. Yeah, and obviously more women work outside the home than probably any of the other generations, so that plays a role in why we don't see as much home cooking with millennials and obviously um gender roles are not cut and dry anymore so i think that plays a factor too yeah so i think on that note we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna get into the gen z side of these topics So now we're going to talk about the industries that Gen Z is killing. So this article from Business Insider mentions that Gen Z is killing Facebook, first and foremost, (laughs) and that the generations after millennials prefer Snapchat and Instagram. So Gen Z is not using Facebook, which I know is true for you, Melody, and they are using other social media platforms. So Facebook for sure. And we see, I mean, I still use Facebook and like our parents use Facebook. So I think that once you guys, I guess, I guess it'll die with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're, it's not going to continue. It's not going to grow. Yeah. Um, so so you don't really use Facebook. The reason that we don't use Facebook anymore, first of all, um, if I'm being honest, it is considered more of an older uh, social media And it's known for, like, your parents to post pictures of you, like, maybe, I don't know, you just, like, had a game or something, like a sports game, and they, like, post about you. That's just, like, what it's known for, at least for (laughs) Gen Z. Mm -hmm. And the reason we are more on Instagram and Snapchat for basically our main social medias, I mean, there is Twitter, but that's more of, like, a... I don't know if I want to get into it, but it's more like political stuff, I feel like, and more Mm -hmm. almost drama filled. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. But if we want more of like a everyday use, it is Instagram and um, Snapchat because we almost I don't like don't want to say we came up with it, but we've always known it. 
I feel like. Because I got an Instagram in, like, middle school. And I still have one. And so I feel like we are just so used to it. Same as, like, our parents are used to Facebook. Like, I'm pretty sure they've almost always had it. I don't really know. So this is what happened with Facebook. It's kind of like TikTok. So it started out only college kids could have it when it very first came out. And then they expanded it. So high schoolers forget it. So I got it when I was in ninth or 10th grade. And it was only really high school and college age and maybe into your 20s, depending on, you know, after the people who got in college, they were entering their 20s and they still had it. Parents got on there probably like, I don't know, five years after I got my first Facebook, I would say. And then parents kind of took it over. <laughs> so it's kind of like the TikTok. Yeah. And, the TikTok situation. Yeah. And if I'm going into TikTok, that is definitely a Gen Z platform. There are obviously, you know, various ages on there. But it's definitely based on a younger generation. And, I mean, it's based on Musical.ly, which maybe millennials were more into. I'm not sure. But um, TikTok is... No, definitely not. Musical.ly was like middle school and elementary schoolers. Oh, okay. I never even thought to get musically. And I remember seeing people like post me or like talk about it. And it was like their children were using it. Well, I never got musically, so I didn't know. But um, TikTok is definitely, yeah, younger generations, like I said. And, you know, TikTok might not even be around in like a year. Because if anyone knows about it, it was supposed to get banned, and that's a whole nother topic we could talk about. But um, also, Snapchat, I didn't really get into, um, is more of a personalized thing that I feel like we definitely are the main generation to use it. And the reason we like it, um, and for myself, is because you can take pictures and videos and it's all in the same thing, and it, like, can be sent to just one person, which is also like Instagram, because you can do that and DM people, but I feel like it's definitely more, like, one-on-one in, like, Snapchat, and a lot of people like to do streaks, which are, if you don't know, it's like when you send either, you can type out the word streaks, or you can send an S, and it will, like, make your snap score up, it's like so many little things <laughs> that I would have to explain. But um yeah, and I like Snapchat as well because there's a lot of filters and things that a lot of social medias didn't have. And so a lot of us lingered toward this social media in particular just because it had more stuff. But now Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat all have filters. And they have, like, the live videos and stuff, which Snapchat doesn't have. But Instagram and Facebook both have. So it's a lot of stuff to go into. But, yeah. So to sum it up, Gen Z is killing Facebook. Yes. Um, (laughs) So next, (laughs) they're also killing... I got excited. I had to talk about it all. I know. So Gen Z is also killing preppy bands, 
brands, sorry, preppy brands <laughs> like Sperry, Ralph Lauren, Vineyard Vines, things like that. Okay, so what I have to say about this one is it's true, definitely. And I think the reason is because it's almost like not trendy anymore. And I think a lot of people think it's for, like, it looks older, so it's for older people. But, yeah, I just think it's not really a trend anymore to have that stuff. Yeah, I think a lot of those, like, those specific ones, they haven't really changed their style much. So they haven't, like, adapted with the trends. Yeah. Which makes sense that you wouldn't be drawn to it. Yeah. So they also talk about department stores. So I think that generally is just a downward trend that people are not really shopping at department stores anymore. Um, It also says cable TV, that no one really watches cable TV anymore because most Gen Zs do not, like, they don't have their own home yet to, or like an apartment where they're getting cable. But do you watch cable, Millie, at home? I only have, like, two shows that I have to watch on cable because that's, like, the only place I can watch them. But I really don't like to. I really think it's a waste of time to be, like, searching through, like, thousands of channels just to get to one um, show or something. And I am definitely like Robin, where I like Netflix the most. Um, And we already talked about how, like, you know, there's shows and movies, so it's, like, perfect. Um, But I don't really use, like... Hulu or anything, even though that's also a good alternative that I feel like Gen Z likes to use, but I'm just not really into that um, side of it. Mm. But when you were talking about department stores, I definitely relate to that because a lot of us like to shop online. Um, We don't even like to go in the stores, and if we do, it's like usually a whole day like we're doing something and we'll be like oh let's go here but we really like shopping online it's like so much more convenient for us Mm-hmm. yeah I agree with that then it says anything related to paper so in case you live under a rock and didn't hear print media consumption is declining Gen Zers pr- tend to prefer the convenience of opening their phones or e-readers to enjoy a book um they are not printing like papers as much and then like yeah using platforms for online books um reading the news online rather than a newspaper which millennials don't really use newspapers either (laughs) so and then a quote here says we can find everything online and for free so yeah I, i think that's that's true for millennials too we don't really print nearly as much as we have in the past Yeah, I was going to say that the reason for that is really just, like, the boom in technology. Um, At least, like, since you grow up with it, you just kind of are used to doing things online or maybe looking things up online. And also, for, like, books and stuff, a lot of people nowadays like to use um, audiobooks or... I've actually, like, looked on YouTube one time, and they had um, people reading books on there. So, I, yeah, I really think that's just due to technology being, like, on such a rise, and it's going to be even more of a thing 
Um, Because I know um, some people still like to take notes that are in my generation. And some classes and stuff, like, still like to do that. But um, I feel like if you are, like, in college in your classes, that you tend to do it more like typing, which are, like, on your computer or maybe your phone. Um, But, yeah, that's mainly the reason why. Yeah, I recently started reading more ebooks because of quarantine, so the libraries are closed, obviously. So I've been um, renting ebooks instead, and I'm like, this is so convenient. First of all, I don't have to go anywhere to get it or return it. Second of all, I can have it at any moment. It's like everything's on the computer, so I don't have to bring the book separately. It's lighter because books can be heavy. <laughs> you know, just so many things. And I love, there is a feature. I use Overdrive. That's the app I use for reading the book. And um, just on my tablet, I don't have a Kindle. But um, if I click on a word that I don't know, it'll show me the definition, which is so convenient. Because I'm one of those people that I really, I want to I want to learn, like I love to learn. So if I don't know a word, I look it up. I ask Alexa or I look it up on my phone. But just the fact that I can do it so easily on the book, I'm like, well, this is great. And you can change the font. This is another feature I really love. You can change the font and they have one specifically for people who have dyslexia to help them read better. And it is amazing. I That is just so cool. I was, like technology is awesome. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to mention the font thing because I think that is really cool that they're finding new ways like for people that might have problems learning or something and help them out. Because like maybe even just a few years ago, they never had that type of thing. And I feel like it's like so new even for Gen Z to see that type of thing. And I just, I love seeing that kind of change. And I really feel like, um, I know some people don't like technology, but I really think it's, like, good that it's progressing even more into, like we said, like, the dyslexia or anything like that. I just think it's so cool. Yeah. I mean, you probably could change the language on there, too. So if you're if you don't speak English as your first language, you want to read in your first language, you could do that. Mm-hmm. Or if you're trying to learn a new language, you want to practice your reading, you can do that. Whereas with physical books, they don't have that option as often. Mm-hmm. And if they do, you might have to request a special copy and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I think that's good. And I think that also, this will be my last comment about it, but I think this <laughs> also plays into um, minimalism and how a lot of millennials are more minimalist I don't know if Gen Z are too but you don't have to have you don't have to buy the physical copy of the book you can read it online or listen to it online and still get that information without having to have a physical something that takes up space I think for Gen Z we can be at times and specifically with books in general um, since there's so many platforms to look off of or like just scan through I feel like people definitely are more minimal in that way we might not be as much in other areas but I think we're starting to be that way more like millennials yeah I remember I was reading about how people 
during quarantine are becoming less minimal and it's because we're spending more time at home. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a balance with minimalism. I don't think you need to be like super strict with it, but as with everything, um, you know, there's a balance. So like having stuff is fine as long as it's useful to you and like, you know, things can be there just because they're pretty. They don't always have to have a function, Mm -hmm. but um, so the last two are Pandora. So they're saying that Gen Z's use Spotify or Apple Music and uh, YouTube Red. What is YouTube Red? YouTube Red is a thing you can pay for. And it's kind of like a premium situation where you don't get ads and stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't use Pandora anymore. I just use Spotify. So I think that's true. And then the last one is luxury brands like Louis Vuitton. um, Gucci? Yeah, Gucci. (laughs) They don't mention any other ones, but they do have a picture here of Louis Vuitton. So um, things like that. Maybe Michael Kors. Those kinds of brands just are not as popular. So it says, growing up during the global financial crisis, Gen Zers are realistic and mindful of financial issues and future career from a younger age. So they're more likely to opt for trends that they can show off on social media, but not necessarily ones that are the most expensive. Yeah, so I'm going to start with the um, music platform first. So... With Pandora, when you first said that, I was like, wait, what? Because, like, I obviously know what it is, and I've listened to it, but I thought it was going to say, like, we listen to it all the time, and I was like, no, no way. Because, um, like, we are definitely um all about Spotify. It's just, like, really handy because they have a lot of like suggested things if you really don't have like a playlist for yourself and a lot of people like using premium because you don't have the ads playing and it just like lets you skip more than six times which is really nice i don't have it but i really want to get it because i always think about it and my friends have it and they're like you need to get it so in the future i will definitely get it um also um for like you said apple music right you guys use it so yeah the, the yeah. only thing was pandora and it was talking yeah. about the other options that you guys do use yeah so apple music is also pretty common um i'd say it's probably the second common out of what we like to use i don't use it personally just because i like spotify a lot better I should be, like, sponsored by Spotify or something because I love it so much. But, um, yeah, those are just the top two that I always, like, think of with just us. Um, does millennial or do millennials um, like Apple Music at all? Because I know you guys like Spotify sometimes. I think it's mostly Spotify for us. Yeah, I think a lot of people are liking that platform more than other stuff um i don't know because it's just popular but i think it's actually like a good app in general but um for the luxury items a hundred percent true so we do like to show off sometimes and it was just funny because like when you said that i thought of gucci right off the bat because It was, like, a trend. It still is, but um, 
I'd say like a couple years ago, a lot of people like to have just Gucci brand like anything. So you'd see like a Gucci belt, Gucci like, I think they're sandals or something. They have everything. Yeah, but like there was like specific items in Gucci that people like to show off and be like, ooh, or like maybe like a, do they have watches? I don't obviously shop there, but um, if you can show off your expensive things, we're going to do it. And um, I feel like a lot of people, like this is an older one, but I do see a lot of Michael Kors, which it's still relevant, but I feel like older people shop for that. Um, But we definitely do as well. But, yeah, that's pretty much all with the luxury stuff because we like to show off, but also we don't always buy the expensive things. Well, it says here, luxury items, the kind you can wear forever, do not serve as much of a purpose on social media, meaning that you guys like to be up with the trends and showing off your new outfits and stuff. And you can't do that with luxury items unless you have a lot of money to keep buying the newest stuff. Yep. Yeah, it's always a very temporary thing that you get it once, show it off once, and then you really can't show it again. (laughs) Right. So So we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about how some of these things have changed because of COVID. So we talked about the things that millennials and Gen Z are killing, but with COVID, some of these things have actually come back, which I thought was interesting to bring up. And I mentioned in a previous episode that I went out to eat and was given plasticware instead of normal silverware, kind of like when you go to a fast food restaurant, they give you plastic stuff. You don't expect that when you go to a restaurant, but that is what they gave me because of COVID. And it was everything was wrapped individually in plastic. So it made me just think of the changes that we're going through because we're wanting to be clean versus sustainable or whatever other priorities we had before. So things are just changing. So the first is napkins, and they said that because we're spending more time at home, napkins, the price of, or not the price, the sale of napkins has gone up, American cheese, and they say that's because people want comfort food and they want brands that they're familiar with in times of uncertainty, golf, because it's something you can do outside, you don't need to be in a small place, and with the weather getting nicer, obviously, as quarantine progressed, um, more people are going out to play golf than they were before cereal is coming back because it's easy to make it's relatively cheap to buy and for parents um, your kids can easily make it themselves and beer beer is on the uptrend since quarantine so do any of these surprise you i feel like um beer kind of surprises me in a way um but i honestly didn't think of golf Because Mm -hmm. in my head, well, I'm not a golfer, first of all. And second of all, I kind of always just think of, like, some sports, like, I, I don't know. I just don't think of golf first. I was, like, thinking of just random other sports that could be changing because of COVID. 
Yeah, well, in that article, I don't think I mentioned it, but in the other article that talked about things millennials were killing, they mentioned golf. So I think that's why they talk specifically about golf here. But I'm sure a lot of outdoor sports have become more popular, especially ones you don't have to play with someone. You know, I mean, you play golf with people, but you don't have to be close to people to play it. Right. So I have a quick question. Mm -hmm. So you know how all the stores were running out of, like, the sanitizer and, like, any other kind Clorox of... wipes, yeah, toilet paper, thing. yeah. thing. Do you think because of COVID happening that certain brands or anything started to come out with new things? Um, That's a good question. I'm like, sure they have or are going to, but I haven't noticed it. Yeah, I haven't noticed it either, but I feel like... People are trying to come out with more sanitizing items, I guess you'd say. Right. Because um, obviously we have, like, um, hand sanitizer will always be, like, a thing. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Maybe there's going to be, like, a wipe that you can have, like, to go. Or, I don't know. Just something random. Yeah, I bet more and more brands are going to come out with cleaning stuff just because that's a a hot topic, a hot trend right now, and they want to make money, it's profitable, you know? Yeah, and I think, like, of course we don't want to say this, but I really think that the whole pandemic thing is going to last, like, another year. Yeah, unfortunately, I think... I think 2021, we'll see some progress. But yeah, I think it's it's definitely going to be longer than we initially thought, which, yeah, it's kind of hard, but I guess it's good to to know and we're kind of all in our grooves <laughs> you know we're all kind of used to it at this point we're yeah like we're all just... of us have like our mask like usually in our car or in our bag or something that we're carrying at least that's with my friends and stuff we're like oh yeah I always have it handy now so and we've already done quarantine once so we could do it again if we have to which I'm sure we will at some point although I know no one wants to really think about that so let's think about something else yeah we could so, be more positive um yes so I found another one it it's um the flip side of this so things that are likely to become obsolete in a post-coronavirus world so I know we're all thinking about how things are going to change because when there are big shifts in the economy or in society we see a lot of new technology we see new trends we see new movements we see a ton of new stuff so I know this is although it can be hard to think about you know, quarantine and coronavirus and stuff, it's big and scary, but also a lot is going to come from this. I am so excited for like the new apps, the new products, the new like um, businesses. So anyway, on the flip side of that, (laughs) the things that are probably going to be out of business, things we are not going to do anymore. um, Buffets and salad bars. Yes. 100%. That's just unsanitary at this point. I can't imagine doing that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Handshakes, which I predicted when we when this all first happened, I was like, "We're never going to shake hands again." No it's gonna way. Be elbow bumps, or it's going to be waves. That's that's what this article is saying, and that's my prediction as wait well. Wait a and second. Handshakes are kind of disgusting to begin with. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Think of it like if you're at an interview in person, like once it gets better or whatever, and you don't have a handshake because usually, like if you're it's preparing, so old fashioned. I know, but usually when you're preparing or, like, you go into an interview, you handshake. 
or you just say hi, I guess, but it's going to be the new normal. Like, what do we do now? I've met people and like since quarantine, not obviously we didn't touch at all. We didn't handshake, whatever. We just, hello, our hands are to ourselves. I think that is best. (laughs) Handshakes are so incredibly old fashioned and awkward and I'm happy to see them go and people's hands are clammy or they're kind of wet or you don't know what they've done with them. I always feel kind of weird after I shake someone's hand. You're getting judged for your force when you shake someone's hand. Like, no, I am happy to see that go. I think that's so true. It is a very awkward concept. Um, cause it's usually with like a stranger anyway. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> that's yep. so funny to think about it. Um, but I feel like, do you think because of COVID and being quarantined that our social skills are going to go down? Uh, I mean, a lot of people are finding different ways to be social, like Zoom and FaceTime. No, but... No, I understand, but I'm I'm just saying I don't think our social skills will go down because we're still socializing just in a different way. Um, I have hung out with people and it was not awkward at all so I don't think that that's the case but maybe for like kids possibly this could affect them socially I don't know we'll see I just feel like when um people are going back to school and stuff that might be weird like they won't know how to act because like we're still technically in like the quarantine mindset where you're not really going out to a ton of places like of course it's more open now but I just feel like for that situation might be weird because you're right like hangouts hangouts and stuff like that are fine like it's not going to be socially awkward or anything especially if you know the people but I just think in a big aspect like that, it could change. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. So the next one is food store samples, which is sad because I love getting my samples at Trader Joe's, but I understand it is kind (laughs) of unsanitary. Yeah, I definitely see that being gone like forever. I mean, maybe if they had it like in a baggy or something instead of like the open little cup thing whatever it's called um yeah that's mm, I don't know yeah the next one is sharing drinks and I think that definitely will not be as frequent of a thing especially for the next few years we're all going to be a little weary to share anything you know food wise or drink wise um another one is lines so they they're predicting that six foot markers will be the norm that we will kind of always have that and we're never going to stand like right next to someone in line which is weird to think about oh i didn't even think of that at all but it's yeah probably very true especially i think in stores and stuff because it might be more lenient if you're like outside in a line but stores, I think, will keep it for a while. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I it's don't all know. up in the air right now. Right. This is just a prediction, but I think it's interesting to think about. Yeah. So um, this other one is floor seats, like for concerts. Oh. Which is interesting to think about. And the next one is rugby, wrestling, and boxing because they're too close contact. 
I mean, that's a lot of sports. That's why they had to cancel or postpone a lot of their seasons, you know? Yeah. And especially having, like, a stadium, like, filled with people, that's not going to slide. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this is just a prediction, but I think it's really interesting to think about because I have not thought about some of these things. I mean, I've definitely thought of a couple of them, but a lot are definitely new. Well, there are more. Let me keep going. Oh, so, <laughs> okay. physical offices, which I think 100% we are going to see so many more companies go to work from home permanently, which I am all about. But couldn't in offices and stuff, you could have like a desk in between it would just be maybe less people in the office. They could do that. They could. But what they're predicting is that we're going to see a shift to more at-home work permanently. Maybe, yeah. So let's see. Um, that's about it. The other ones are, I don't I don't think they're as likely. They're kind of lame to talk about. So, um, <laughs> but... Well, I'll just say, like, one of them was kissing. I'm like, okay, I mean. Oh, well, that's obvious. I mean. Oh, yeah. And like, also, why holy, would you really Holy kiss water was another one. But I was like, I mean, how often do they really use the holy water? Isn't that mainly for baptisms? I, I'm not sure. And maybe they'll just, like, switch out the water. I don't know. So those ones just didn't seem as interesting to bring up. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see moving forward. Yeah, so I think we're going to end the episode there. We hope you enjoyed. And as always, follow the Instagram at millennial.z.podcast where we post new pictures on there of new episodes that have come out. And you can also listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcast. And we'll see you in the next one.